Hey, Chosen Chosen Fam. Fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to Season 8 of the Tell Me About It podcast. In this season, we're bringing you more special guests, new topics, and the first ever Chosen Girl book club, which will take place at the end of each month. We know there's so much value in studying the Word, and we're excited to dive in to learn more about God and His call for our lives in a new way. If you aren't caught up, please feel free to subscribe and binge our first seven seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you would rate us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A sweet tea and nuggets with us, and let's let's get get this party started. Hello, Chosen Girl family, and happy Tell Me About It Tuesday in real time. We are recording real time. on this day, the year of our Lord, May 9th, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so, like, it's been a minute since we've recorded over Zoom. Yes, okay, so life is happening, like, just schedules and things and like spring is busy but then I feel like in fall we say like fall is so busy like it's just busy life but I never want to be that girl that's like I'm just so busy like it's like trendy to be busy like I'm not trying to be like that but we're Mm -hmm. making it happen we are and I'm you know I'm thankful for it it's a good way to start the day yes yes and we have another um women of joy recap part two the two right. continued the rest of the story for you guys um but yeah Liz and I also just had a really good conversation off recording about having grace for yourself because real talk which I mean thank god that we have an awesome community of people mm-hmm. that love our t-shirts and our merch and order stuff from us so we've had like this is not a humble brag this is like praising the lord for this we've had a huge influx of orders this spring i do not know what is in the water um but it, it's the favor of the lord that's what's in the water um, amen amen y'all, if you if you found us through our merch or if you found our merch through our podcast thank you so much like mm-hmm. we're so glad that you love to rep jesus alongside us in a non-cheesy fashion um but yeah so your girl like i don't know if it's the mom brain i don't know what's going on but like i had like a mess up on two orders just this week which is very unlike us like it's very easy process like you order a medium shirt in this size we go to the shelf we get you a medium like it's really not that hard but somehow your girl made it hard and messed up some orders I think what happened with one of them is that I got uh like I didn't see that somebody ordered a quantity of two you know invoices print weird sometimes Mm -hmm. anyway so um my Enneagram three is raging this morning that I messed up and that sounds so stupid, but when you get an email and believe it or not, sometimes not all of them are the kindest, um, of like, you messed up my order. I have to learn to just have grace for myself that I'm a human being Mm -hmm. like all is well, everything's Mm -hmm. okay. So, and all you can do when you mess up is fix it. Yeah. The best that you can be like I messed up I fixed it so if y'all are having those moments and and also there's a full moon outright you know like everybody's wilding out everything is as crazy as ever this week I don't know what just in general yes um but seriously like 
if you like if y'all are having I just posted a reel about this I don't know if y'all have those times where you're just like I'm messing up at everything mm-hmm. I need to, like somebody press the reset button like it's okay you are human you can ask for help you can seek rest and you can admit that you're wrong and apologize so I'm doing all those things this week amen to reset it's so like we we have the freedom to do so and like it 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 costs you nothing yes but also noting on the chosen girl community that that buys our merch like literally 99.5 percent of the emails that i get are literally the kindest things that you ever have read in your life mm-hmm. and are so kind but when you mess up i'm just extremely i don't know I, and i think that's our generation too the generation that had to get their agenda book signed every night every week or whatever and so there's a lot of pressure like that's been on us like our whole life just with little performative things and so I'm really bad about making my performance line up with my worth like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. I'm bad at my job that must mean that I'm bad at my job like that's actually not true at all I you know I I couldn't agree more and I, I don't think I ever stopped to think about how much those little actions that were a part of like our, our raising and our education influenced how we view what we do yeah. and the value that we bring. Um, but yeah, it, it did a number on us. I would love to see some research out there about, <laughs> about people who had to get their, their books signed on, on a daily or weekly basis and how they're dealing with their perfectionism now. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I had friends who were like amazing people, like amazing families, and they would forge their parents' signature every single night because they were like, my mom said, like, sometimes they would say my mom said I could. Sometimes they were like, my mom doesn't even know that I have to get this book signed. But I'm like, you know, I wonder, and, and who am I kidding? I forged it from time to time too. But I'm like, was that like raising us to say like, hey, you can you can look like you have the appearance of having it all together, but you're really just like, scrapping by like you know what I mean like you're really just like putting up a front of like yeah I'm responsible Mm -hmm. you know but um but yeah I have to also think like if I send out a hundred orders in a week or whatever like messing up on two is still a 98 percent success rate so I think I'm okay (laughs) you're more than okay (laughs) yeah anyway so I hope that my uh, little story of perfectionism helped you guys in a way this morning to have grace with yourself. So yeah. Grace on grace. I know. I know here we are, but uh, we're going mm-hmm. to talk about Jackie Hill Perry's talk at women of joy. Then yeah. the lovely uh, Kelly mentor and then our queen Lisa Harper who is so so good so good she is like I I just so enjoyed having those ladies um as speakers and they they have such diverse backgrounds and experiences and it's just so nice to learn from one another and so I know we've talked about this already once before but um there's so much value in being in community with one another yes and you know, and it's not just those that are in the same life stages as you, though that matters, but also someone who's a little bit ahead of you, a little bit behind you, and just being in community in general. And so we've said it once, we'll say it a million times. Like, if you don't have a community, pray and ask the Lord to bring you one. Amen. To, like, and, and be bold enough to, when he brings it, to engage. Um, Cause it is, it is such a blessing and it's what we've been, we've been called to be in community from step one. You don't have to have a special call to that. And so um, when the Lord gives it, receive it. Amen. Amen, girl. But so, Jackie yeah. Hill Perry. J-H-P. Oh my gosh. 
she was incredible um mm-hmm. i really appreciate so if you're not familiar with jackie hill perry um her a lot of her ministry focuses on um i say i say a lot i'm gonna back up and say i guess most people's introduction or, or um, connection with her is her story of um her her stint in dealing with um homosexuality and how she came to to know christ like intimately and um and her ministry kind of it started out with that but she is just such a wise person and i think she has such a such a down to earth and um very realistic and in the i mean this in the sense of like a childlike look at the faith in the sense is not that it's in an adolescent sense but it's so pure um and i think that comes from like having not necessarily grown up or like spent you know, day in, day out in, inside the church necessarily. And we recognize that those experiences shape our walks with Christ. But, um, I really appreciate the way that she looks at the word for what it is. And also, and when I say that, not trying to put herself in the word, which we can be guilty of, um, but really looking at what does this say about God instead of what does this say about me? Um, and I think that was one of the that was one of the big, I guess, uh, I guess one of the lenses that I was looking, looking at my notes, um, on what she had talked about and, um, how she approaches the gospel through. And it's something that I definitely think that we can all learn from is, is taking a moment to, and maybe even making special note about what does this reveal about who God is, um, yeah. and how he, how he, what he's called us to. Yeah. And, and I think that my biggest takeaway, and y'all know that, that your girl can harp on this a little too much sometimes, but, We haven't grasped it yet as a church and as a group of people. So apparently it still needs to be harped on, but um, it really broke my heart hearing her talk about how there was only really one person that she felt was a safe space for her to share Mm -hmm. her thoughts and her struggles with um, in the faith. And I believe that was her aunt. Is that right? Or her cousin? It was, it was her cousin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just really challenged me to think like, am I a safe space for people? Like Christians as a whole have such a bad reputation of shutting out open sin, um, especially wanting to really pick on the LGBTQ community. And I think that it's because for so many people, like that's not like, a thought process that they have that I'm attracted to the same sex. And so because that is so outlandish to the thought process of a lot of people, then they just really ostracize that group. And I, Mm -hmm. I just can't help but to think that that is the group that Jesus would have been loving on. Like that's the group that Jesus would have been engaged. Like Jesus was a fan of the outsider. And I think that, that, the future generations are doing a better job of loving on um, marginalized groups, um, whether that be with sexuality, with race, with uh, poverty. Um, but the point of Jackie Hill's talk for me was not like pointing out, okay, one side of of believers see that the translation may mean this and so they you know they don't think that homosexuality is a sin one sees it for the actual 
term that it is translated in and that it is a sin, it's not that debate. Like you're missing the forest for the trees. If we can just see people as a person and not a project and make sure Mm -hmm. that we're loving people enough to where they know that they have a seat at our table, no matter what their struggle is, because we don't pick on pornography and how many secret like moments are had with churchgoers and pornography. Like we don't pick on the abuse of prescription drugs because that's an unseen, like we don't see these secret Mm -hmm. things that happen in people's lives. And so it's much, much easier to look at issues that are so visible and make those people think like, Oh, they are not good enough to have a seat at our table or they're not doing X, Y, or Z. So they can't come to God. And who are we to say, that anyone is excluded from the seat at the table. And the point of it is not for us to decide how we feel about issues. Our opinion is completely irrelevant because there is a truth in God's word. And I'll be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. Like I I can empathize with both sides. I can see, okay, this is what the scripture says. I can also see like, oh my goodness, we do need to look into translation. But the point is, it doesn't matter what I think. It does not matter what I think. It's my job to love people so that they can enter into the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit convict what he needs to convict in that person's life at that time, in that space, with that individual. And if we're not making a seat at the table for people, then all of that is just like it, it. there's a you know the holy spirit can move move regardless of what we do but are we making a space to introduce god to people um because she only had one person that's in her life mm-hmm. that she felt that's safe. so true yeah i mean that and that's it sounds crazy but it's not and you know sometimes you have to stop and think like i know that not everybody has a person in the, in their life that um that associates like with the LGBT community, but also it's the question of, um, do they feel comfortable? And I'll share a a personal story. When I was in college, I had in the span of like, I think a year, I had three or four friends come out to me. Yes. And they, and they knew, they knew how I felt about like everything and like my faith and how important it was. And I even had one of them tell me, he told me, and, and then he said, this other person is in the same boat that I was. And I told them that you would be a great person to talk to. Wow. And I was, I don't mean this as, as a boast. I was just, I was complimented. And I thought to myself more, they should, this is how they, we should feel like mm. this is a person who like openly says, this is how they feel, but I still know they're a safe place to come to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going, they're not going to be here to judge me, but to, you know, to be here to support, to, to pray to all the things um, and how revolutionary it would be to the church. And it's not just, and it's not just for this issue. It's for all things for all sin, you know, like sharing it with one another, bring it to the light. There's a power in it. Um, and so I challenge everyone really, I guess what I'm getting to is I just challenge everyone to think about like, am I, like you said, am I a safe space? Um, and you know, I, I keep coming back to, um, a quote that Jackie said kind of towards the, um, towards the end of the, towards the end of the talk that said, 
Um, you cannot listen to the world more than you listen to the word of God. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think what one really big challenge is for, for people to feel like they are listening to the world if they don't go to battle for the word of God. And the reality that I think we all have to face is that God does not need us to go to battle. Um, and we've talked about this. We've said this, this many times here on the pod of, you know, God is the great physician and we are just receptionists out here. And so when we think about how we're interacting with um, those that whether they, they're dealing with a substance abuse or, um, or anything else or um, LGBTQ or, you know, idolatry, infidelity, anything like it is not our job to make people feel bad or to convict them, but to simply um, point them towards God and share the truth with them and lend and show, show them love. There is not, there's no prerequisite for showing someone grace and love because they're humans, because we love God. We have the, we have the green light to show that to any and, and everybody. And we shouldn't withhold that from someone out of fear that the world in which includes other people um, will think less about our relationship with Christ. Um, But uh, you know, in addition to that showing love, we've already talked about showing grace and grace and truth and love and truth. You have, you show both show both simultaneously. And and because you love someone, you share the truth with them, but that doesn't mean that you say, well, I hope you make it. I hope you figure it out. Good luck. And push them off to the side so it's it's a challenge for sure and I know that it can be tough if you don't have someone in your life that you personally can think of when you think of a member of this community but if that's the case um I just encourage you to uh, to really pray and ask the Lord like God how can I show you to those who 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 may not know you how can I show love to someone special today just and it, and they, they may never associate your kindness with God or they, or they might in that particular moment. Um, however, I think it's just important that you're showing it, that you're being bold. I, I completely agree. And, and I actually just looked up like the Oxford dictionary, um, definition of homophobia and it means the dislike or prejudice against gay people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's a bigger issue at hand here that the church is known for marginalizing groups that may be different than the status quo. Uh And as a Christ follower, prejudice or dislike should not be in our vocabulary when it comes to human beings. There should not be a prejudice toward any group of people. There should not be a dislike and I think that we've, there's this blurry line that's been naturally created by Christian society in that I cannot, like, if you show love, support, or any kind of empathy or love toward a group that you disagree with, then you're saying you agree with everything they stand on. And part mm-hmm. of the human condition is that you will never find another human that you agree with every single thing that they believe in. True. And I even think that this goes for like 
when Christians see people practicing another faith, it can even go as far into the microcosm of people within the Christian faith, not liking other denominations of Christian faith because they do their music different or dress different or wear their hair different or believe differently about baptism or like it really has gotten to this crazy point where like, are we really loving our neighbor? <laughs> like, um, and, and that's the first call that we have. So we're going to talk more about this in our hot tub hot takes next season. But I, mm-hmm. I think that laying the baseline here, like, and I think it was awesome to hear for a lot of women to hear another sister in Christ who lived this out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just some imaginary idea. Like, this is probably the first person that they've had speak on this at a Women of Joy mm-hmm. conference. I could be wrong, but I think that it was not only a, a great thing, but I think it was probably past due because we we need to have a safe space for transparency. Yeah. And I think that there's a reason that the Bible says the importance of c- confessing our sins one to another Mm-hmm. If that were weren't important, then there would be no need for a safe space that fosters transparency and repentance. Period. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, thank you, JHP. We're actually going to be talking about her um, book, Holier Than Thou, next week on the uh, podcast with Book Club. It's it's going to be so good. I y'all, let me tell you. I think I've said this once before. Again, I'm just repeating myself a ton since this episode, but <laughs> um, I. It was so, or maybe I just had told it to Sarah, but it was so good when I was listening to it on audiobook that I immediately had to go buy the book and so I could read along and highlight and mark up the the copy because there's so, there's so much wisdom and just nuggets of truth in there. You do not want to miss out on this one. It's so good. Yes. Well, you want to move on to Miss Kelly? Let me tell you, yes, I'm re- yes, I'm ready ahead, to talk girl. about Miss Kelly because the first thing that I wrote down in my notes, first of all, we love Kelly because she's also she's a Nashville girly. Um, yeah. she's not from Nashville, but she lives here now. Um, but the first thing that I wrote down in my notes for talking about John two, which is the story of whenever uh, Jesus's first miracle where he turns the water into wine, um, and I wrote down the question: Does your obedience matter, girl? That's my first thing I got written down too that's good girl and it is and I think some we can forget how important our obedience and how how it does matter and more than just doing the will of God um it's a discipline and it is it is a conditioning and it is a flexing of your self-control um you know it's a fruit it's a fruit of the spirit like you have to have self-control to do to have obedience and so excuse me I love that she, that we opened right up into that. And as you know, like with her, with not with her, but with the story, you know, they're at the wedding, they run out of wine, weddings just to last for several days. And Mary was like, Hey, Jesus, they're out of wine. And he said, mm-hmm. and he was like, look, mom, my time hasn't come yet. And she didn't even acknowledge that. She just said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Yep. Make it happen. And I love that even even through this story, it, it's kind of comical when you think of it in like a, in a modern day sense of what that might've looked like. And it's like, what do you want me to do? It's like, it's not my time yet. And she was like, I know you can do it. And so I need you to do what you, what you got to do to help the Amen. situation. And that was his, his, his earthly, his mother calling on him to do something. Yes. And though it was not his time, he still did. 
he was still obedient to what he was what she was asking of him in that in that sense and sometimes I think I I take a moment and pause how difficult as just thinking through my human brain how difficult it might have been in fighting like with the fleshy side of us while also being completely holy like being human and god at the same time and who who is who's calling the shots here right because sometimes I'm like who's calling the shots here in my own life I'm fighting with god like let's be real we've all been there before and so I I don't know I just thought that that was such an interesting perspective just thinking about the obedience of his heavenly mother but um she of course says do whatever do, do whatever and at some point between when the jars were filled and when they were taken to the uh, the master of the ceremony that we've got wine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was an it was an opportunity and it's like that that was the maybe that was the tipping point i you know do you ever have the, this is an abstract thought i will share have you ever thought like, what if, what if there had been a different miracle that Jesus had done? And that was the start of his ministry. Yeah. How different would it have changed things? Would it have all been the same? We may never know the answer to that, but to be in a moment where to save this family from embarrassment, um, of running out of wine. And not only did they just like serve any kind of wine, this wine was good. They're like, normally we just yeah. save all we get. We, we give the, the good wine first. And then once they're drunk, we give them bad wine, but we say, save the best for last. Um, but it, it caused me to just take a moment and think about this story through the perspective of obedience matters. What value do I place on obedience and how willing am I to be obedient to the call of God and, and not just obedient in general, but obedient the first time, because if you might've been like me as a child, a little hard headed, like your parents might've said like, Oh, don't forget to do da 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 da. And I might've been a little hard headed and been like, I'm going to do all this other stuff. Cause I don't really don't want to do that one. And I'm going to save the, save the last thing I want to do for last. Yes. But I didn't place high value on doing the chore that needed to be done that my parents told me to do. Cause I didn't like it. And how do we treat the call of God when it's scary, when it's hard, when it's uncomfortable, um, and how willing are we to, to, to do what we've been called to do and trusting in God that he's going to give us the words and everything we need to get it done. Yeah. I wrote down that, um, the, the water that was brought to Jesus was brought to the brim and it was returned as wine to the brim. Yeah. And so I think that, that reaping and sowing is a real big, uh, principle that is so important. Mm. And I wrote down like half or even 99% obedience is not obedience in its fullness. Go it's ahead. Because I feel like there's a lot of bargaining that I personally do with God. Like, yes, I understand like this is what you're telling me to do, but also I don't have time for this part or, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like I do bargain a lot and I feel like that has also been returned to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, well, and, and I don't think that's God's punishment. I think that it's just like a principle, you know? And I also don't mm-hmm. think that this applies to goodness in life or bad things because bad things happen regardless. And I have good things regardless because of grace. Um, mm-hmm. But that obedience, I feel like the biggest factor with me in obedience is trusting. 
because let's say that God calls me or I feel just the tug on my heart to do something, trusting that I may never see any benefit for that. And I'm being open Mm -hmm. just because God is God and I am me. And I'm submitting to him in that moment and trusting that I want to be a part of his kingdom work. And that means that they plant seeds that Alexander Hamilton up in here, planting seeds in a garden that I may never get to see. Yeah. So true. And that's okay. And so I think that a bigger question too, like does our obedience matter? Am I okay with blindly trusting without, am I okay with like, cause I, I'm a very goal oriented person. I love like, um, product driven actions where I, I do X and I get Y and I do Y mm-hmm. and I get Z. And so am I okay with not being fulfilled in doing X and maybe Y will happen, but I was told to do X and that's why I do X and parenting, um, our two boys right now, um, that we're fostering, um, in hopes of adopting, I hope to give you guys an update on that in the next coming weeks. Um, but I, I think of the sovereignty of God a lot on mm. because parenthood like is so strange in that one, you do and say things that your parent, like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've become my mother. Like, this is so funny. But also like, I realize how many things I see that the boys don't see. Mm-hmm. They just want to run in a parking lot, but I see the car coming and they yeah. don't see that. And so they're probably thinking like, mom's such a freak like she won't let me run in this parking lot but like I see this is going to end so badly for you or this will cause you pain Mm -hmm. or this will cause you fear and so they think I'm taking something good away from them when really I'm providing them something greater than they can see and Mm -hmm. I think oh my gosh this is just me taking care of two little boys right now what like kind of power and sovereignty does God have doing this for all of humanity like yeah. he sees it all he wrote it all he sees it all he is is just beyond what we can mm-hmm. even think ask or imagine and so um I, I I have to remember that when I'm trusting because um I, I don't see it all and and I yeah. have to be okay with not seeing it all that's and that's it's hard honestly, to, to relinquish that control. If control is something that you, I'd say covet in the sense of like, that you really value and that you hold dear. Um, which I think we, a lot of us can fall into that, into that realm. Um, and I can't, I can't imagine, I just had like a slight, like out of body experience and thinking about how sovereign God is, is that, that, I mean, we're just one planet and there are, millions of, of planets and stars and galaxies and all the things and infinite possibilities. And yet knowing that all of that is out there, he still cares yes, for absolutely. me to, to, to feed the birds and the animals to make it rain, to, you know, send cloudy days when we need shade and to care about not only me and my willingness to do his will, but also our joy yes. and our sorrows and he cares when I say, God, please let there be a close parking spot because it's on a walk from the back of the parking lot right. to the big, the big dreams and goals and, and aspirations that we have. And it's just, it was just a, a slight moment of like, wow, how grateful 
I am. And in that gratefulness, thinking about how we respond, do we respond with, with that? Do we respond with trust and obedience? Um, and that, do we do it 100% of the time immediately? No, no. Like we, we couldn't, if we wanted to, but I think it's a challenge if nothing else to think about that. Um, how we can, how we can glorify God with what we have, um, which is, you know, a hallelujah, the praise of our lips. Um, that's all, that's all we can really do. My favorite point, just to wrap up her, her segment here. Um, she said the servants had no confusion within the miracle because they were the obedient ones. The ones that were like filling the water pots or whatever, uh-huh. they knew the source. They knew the source of the miracle because yep. they were the ones hands on like, uh, I put water up in this. Like, no. So they, they knew it was the father. They had no confusion. Mm-hmm. Power was being shown there. So I think that's really cool. Cause it's almost like they had like a front row. Like I was involved with this. I know, like I can tell you, I put water up in this vessel. Yeah. Yeah. It, that I love, can you imagine? First of all, I just see, sometimes I think about the Bible and I'm like, I just need somebody to reenact some, like some action responses that we think people were responding. Like yes. I put water in this and it came out as wine. Like there was no joke to be had. I watched this happen. Yeah. But also, you know, we, t- I'm talking about if it were reenact, but we have an opportunity to do that every day in our lives. Yes. And it may not be turning water into wine, but I know that there have been things that we have hoped for and prayed for and toiled in our hearts over. And watched God turn something that was so seemingly bad into something so good and be a blessing. So good. Yes. And it was a front row seat and, I, and I'll forever be grateful for all the front row seats that we get to have. Amen. Um, so that was Kelly Minter and she was fantastic. Um, I'm like secretly hoping that I run into her and Lisa Harper one day in the grocery store since they live in Nashville. Absolutely. Um, but our girl, Lisa Harper, my, my goodness, I think, did you, was it? I think you leaned over and said, I feel like she's like our, our godmother. Like I was literally just about to say that. Like, I feel like she's one of those people that, that is so loving that you feel like she's speaking to you personally. Yeah. Like, yes. you're like, oh, she wrote this for me. Like, and I'm like, if mm-hmm. we can just tap into just a little bit of that, I think of how much the gospel could be spread in our, in our everyday lives and our everyday circles, I'm making mm-hmm. every person feel feel something and feel special. Um, but she, um, she talked a lot about a lot of things. She was in Luke and Acts talking about the Passover and the upper room. And the first thing that I wrote down, and I think that this was just maybe like a little snippet that she started out with is we need Christian community. Yes. I have, I, you know, I'm, I'm a doodler. So when I'm looking at my notes, she told a story about her being on her volleyball team and it was funny and long story short, there was a, mal- a wardrobe malfunction and her team immediately gathered around her. And I think that we've also seen this in, in modern day times too. Um, when there was a, there was a female, so- it was a soccer player and she was wearing a hijab and something happened and it came off and immediately her team came around and like formed a barrier around her. Yes. And it was that hedge of protection. I'm like getting chills talking about, I'm like the hedge of protection, not just like in, in prayer, but in action and like physically being there to be a protect, to, yes. to be that, that protection around each other for each other. Um, not that we have all the power in the world, but in obedience and out of love for that person, out of love for the call that we have 
and the thing that connects us like are being part of the body of Christ. Like a bunch of little white blood cells out there. We're like, oh, yes. need help immediately. Hedge of protection. Absolutely. Um, and I think that it was that that action that was so mm-hmm. like she talks about the same thing happening. I think was it that her her top came off or her pants ripped or something. Yeah, yeah. It was something along those lines. And I'm like, they weren't just like, oh, I'm here for you. Like, what? Like, do you need to go to the bathroom? Like, they immediately right then got around her. And I'm like, I'm with you, Liz. Like, if our listeners are like, I do not have that, I would say the first place that you need to try is your local church because there are small groups mm-hmm. meeting around communities everywhere that should and most of the time do have their arms wide to that type of community we actually had our last our lap our last lap oh my gosh am i okay our last life group before we like do summer things last night and it was it has been a privilege like all these people were strangers to begin with and now they're like some of the first people that i text when there's an issue like when i need prayer i'm like i'm texting the crack house and i'm texting the life group like like we're calling it yes. special ops. Like, you know what I mean? And like, it's mm-hmm. not just like when I see somebody thumbs up a message, like in, in the crack house or in our life group, I'm like, I know that that's just not an action that somebody took in that moment. I know that somebody is praying for me right now. And so, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I, if you do not have that, I'm praying for you to have that. And I, I hope that you can advocate for yourself and pray for that and, and seek it out. Like we, like we talk about this, um, a lot with our and when I say crack house if you don't know go back and listen to other that's what we call our friend group message there's no crack being had at the crack like it's just the Mickey Mouse crack house I'm sorry like I I don't make the rules (laughs) that's what it's called that's just what it's called that's just what it is yeah and so um I, I remember we were like you know what let's just start meeting Friday nights whether whoever can come come if you can't come that's okay. You know, and I think in the past, it's almost been two years. I, I think that we've rarely missed a week. Yeah. And, and you know, life happens, but like, Hey, if, if the whole group can't get together, three of us are together or whatever. And it's been one of the biggest blessings in my entire life. And I think it will be mm-hmm. for my entire life. So we need people in the faith to not only be accountable, but to also be cheerleaders. Like when you, when you were having those down days, like mm-hmm. when I was on Liz, I was like, girl, I have messed up like three orders this week. Like I am just really down on myself. She was like, girl, please. Like how many did you get right? Did you try to make it right with them? Like, you're good. Like, it's okay. But I was going to let that mm-hmm. room all morning. You need somebody in your, like in your corner, whatever that means to you to call you out, to call you up, to encourage you, to support you. Like no man should be an island. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so good. I'm and you know, we even see the, the reflection of it in Jesus. I mean, Jesus, we all know that Jesus could have came to this world and did everything he needed to do without utilizing one other person. Right. But that's not what God had. In, that's not what God had planned. And instead he modeled what it looked like to have community. And that community was not of the righteous people that people expected him to be around, but they were, they were regular people. Um, and I just, long story short, you know, I, I know that in the Bible, it doesn't say that 
Jesus laughed and, and it does express about Jesus's emotions, like whether he cried and how he was passionate and angry. Like he ex- experienced all the things that we have and, and still called on his friends, yes, you know, yeah. um, in the sense of having, being in that community with him. And so community is so important, not just for the hedge of protection that they can pray around you, but that they can be around you. Hmm. Um, and we know just tying this back into a little bit of Kelly too, that being that immediate hedge, I think also is tied to your, your willingness to be obedient to the call. Um, yes. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're immediately acting when a, a wardrobe malfunction happens. Like sometimes it gets a little chaotic, but also thinking about immediately when someone says, I'm struggling with this, when you flex that muscle and you get into that habit, that your response immediately is, let me pray for you right now. Yes. Whether it's with them, whether it's in private whatever, like we're going to go to the Lord immediately. Um, if someone's like, I'm having a bad day, you know, or like, I feel really bad about X, Y, and Z being like, I know you are worth the five minutes of time that I have to, to talk about this, to give you the space to, to being that safe space. Once again, Tom Tyne and Jackie now to being that safe space for somebody, um, whether it's your best friend. And sometimes that's also a stranger. Um, you never know. Someone may walk up to you in the grocery store and be like, I just, I need some prayer. Will you pray for me? Right. Like you never know. And are you willing in that moment to be like, yeah, of course. Or, you know, how will you feel or how, how willing are you to be obedient in those, in those moments? How willing are you to, to show, to show love, to show grace, to be a friend, to provide a hedge when needed? Um, not just for our brothers and sisters in Christ, but for, for anyone who needs it. Yeah. And I saw a TikTok that really made me think the other day and it was talking about like, is your life just a checklist? Like, okay, I woke Mm -hmm. up, get ready, take the kids to school, go to work, come home, make dinner. And like life can be that at moments for me or in whole seasons like that for me. And as blessed as I am and as privileged as I am, it does get very discouraging and very exhausting in, in a mental place of like, what is this all for? And I'll tell you that one thing that brings me back to keeping kingdom minded is the investment in people that comes with community because yeah. you feel like you're a part of something greater than yourself. Not mm-hmm. that your career isn't important, not that your parenthood isn't important or keeping your home, running your household. Those are all important things, but it can become very easy when you get in that monotonous routine to become inward. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Like your focus is so on you. Your focus is so on your ecosystem that it's so good to have awareness of other people's little ecosystems and what they're going through and what they need prayer for and how they can pray for you and, and what you can do together yeah. uh, for the kingdom. So I, I think that, that for me, that's a, another really important factor. For sure. Yeah. That's really but- all that I, oh, and she talks about how like, um, I love how she, she loves talking about like the original, the original text, like using the Greek homo, yes. how they were in the upper room. They were in one accord, one mind, the same emotion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love that that original translation, like included the word same emotion. Yeah. Empathy is important, like to share with our mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's really all I have written down for little miss Lisa yeah. 
Same. This, well, long story short, Women of Joy was a great time, as always. Um, not just for the fellowship that we get to have, but these awesome ladies that we get to to hear from who have true like a heart on fire for God and for doing his will. And so grateful that they that they were obedient to and and fall and you know abiding to that call that God called them to and their willingness to share their their joys and their struggles and everything else. We've all got them. Um but I can't, I can't wait for next year. Really? Girl, I need something a little bit sooner than that. Um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Just, just, just a little bit sooner than that. Um, but yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed our little recap. We had such a great time. Um, I encourage you that, that um, if you, I feel like so much pressure or not pressure. There's so much push when you're in college and high school to go, go to church camp, go to this retreat. And then you become an adult and it's like, okay, where's my reset? Yeah. Yeah. Say, like I'm talking about a spiritual reset, not like, Oh, I went to the mm-hmm. big for a week, which that's also needed too. But like, I encourage you guys find conferences near you where you can be with other women, with other believers away from your normal everyday routine, because there's just something about it that is so good for your soul um, yes. to get away, to find rest, to not be in your normal routine. Um, and I'll say Jackie Hill Perry is coming to Knoxville in October. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, just, just search some of your favorite speakers, see if they're speaking at a worship night, like being fed is so crucial. Um, of course, every, every week at your home church, but also just those moments of hearing from people who have had God work in their lives. That is just Mm -hmm. so crucial in our faith. And I think it builds our faith hearing those testimonies, but, um, but yeah, that's all that we have. And next week we'll go over holier than thou. So if y'all are reading along with us, make sure that you're caught up. Um, we won't give many spoilers if you're not caught up. Um, and then after that, we'll have our last, um, episode of the season with a special guest. I know it's so crazy, but I will say one last thing before we go in speaking of, in speaking about having conferences and things, one, it does not have to be orchestrated by your church. It can be you and your best gal pals. And number two, CC Winans is also putting on a webinar on March 27th. I think it's like maybe 50 bucks to get the link. May, not March. So sorry. May 27th. Hello. May 27th here, just here in a couple of weeks. Um, and I think she's got a nice lineup of speakers, including Jackie Hill Perry's on the lineup too. Um, but that's going to be really cool. And opportunities like that, even when it's virtual, um, if you did Secret Church with David Platt a couple of weeks ago, there's so many things out there. I just encourage you to look look those up. Um, you never know what you'll find. But next you week's going to be webinar? really... Do what? You want to do that webinar? Yes, girl. I just put it on my calendar. Heck yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. See, and yes, and and the good thing I'll tell you about that one because I'd already looked into it. I was like, if I'm busy, I'm like, what? How long is this gonna last? It's like you can you can view it for so many days afterwards. Um, so it's okay if you miss it on you know in real time. But take advantage of all the opportunities and resources that are out there. But we we love y'all. We cannot wait for next week. You're gonna love Holier Than Now. Go ahead and download it on your audiobook. It's a really quick read. Um, or go ahead and, and have it, you know, order it on Amazon, Books a Million, your local bookstore, wherever. Um, it's one that I think you'll you'll go back to. So can't wait to talk about it next week. Yes, we love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. 
And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.